Hello and welcome back to North Canadian Football Podcast. I am your host, Mike Schwan. Follow me at Mike Schwan CFL on Twitter and Mike Schwan on Instagram. I'm Taylor Curry, and you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Taylor Curry SK. I'm Carter Kennington. You can follow me on Instagram at Carter Kennington and on Twitter at CJK underscore Carter. Don't forget to follow the show. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at True North CF Pod in our Facebook page, True North Canadian Football Podcast. Also, listen to the show at YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. So, let's jump into the CFL news here. Bork, um, likely done for the year, but there is a small chance that he's back uh, near the end. Um, he's going to undergo a surgery on his ankle. And like I said, the small chance he returns was not likely. So, huge blow to the league there. That sucks. Huge, yeah. Even just like, I'm not a BC fan, but like, man, it sucks to see a Canadian quarterback go down like that. Hmm. I mean, it's, I mean, not just that. He was the. He was going to be most outstanding Canadian, and he was oh, in a, yeah. basically a two-horse race to be the uh, most outstanding player. Sure. Like, um, he was even getting a little bit of NFL buzz, too, at this point. Doing it so well for a little bit here, and yeah, it just sucks to see. Um, hopefully he comes back well, and maybe he makes the end. And then Riders Jamal Morrow will be out for six to eight weeks with a broken hand. I guess it's something yeah. he's been playing with, but got surgery on recently. So, yeah. And then the Red Blacks bring back Devontae Dedman, um, who was released by the Dolphins, I believe, last week. So, mm-hmm. he's back. So, that's going to be interesting. The Ottawa special teams. Andrew Harris has more football to play, but won't rule out retirement. That's an interesting story there. Um, I don't think he retires quite yet, though. He's definitely got some gas in this. No, yeah. he's still, he's still going to go. Yeah. And then Red Blacks are releasing a couple starters here. Uh, they release E.B. Randall Evans and defensive end Antonio Simmons. And then also... Speaking of Antonio Simmons, he has retired from football for personal reasons. Uh, the Thai Cats signed former Alouette DB Ronnie Randall Jr. Stamps give QB Jake Mayer the first team practice, so there is a chance that he might start this week. Liram Haralahu was released by the Dallas Cowboys, so it looks like Brad Maher has won that duel. And then Riders linebacker Gary Johnson Jr. Uh, was suspended one game for violating the team's code of conduct. And then Nick Arbuckle will start this week over Caleb Evans. Good or bad decision, guys? Uh, I don't think they have a choice at this point, so I don't, I, I'm not going to say it's good, but I'm not going to say it's bad either. Yeah, it's uh, just... I, I don't know anymore. I don't know what to think about that team anymore. I, I like Caleb Evans. There's definitely something there with him, but at the same time, you did trade for Arbuckle, so have to do up with him, and Evans didn't have a great week last week. 
Let's get to that, actually. Edmonton came back in the second half and down the Red Blacks 30-12. Then, so what went wrong for Ottawa in the second half? You know, their defense just started really giving up big yards to Edmonton, and, uh, you know, they let them win. Uh, Edmonton scored 21 points in the third and fourth quarter combined, so... Uh, and I mean, and uh, Ottawa was not scoring touchdowns in that game. I think they had what one at the start, maybe, but that was it. So, uh, yeah, like when you're not scoring touchdowns and you let the other team score twenty one, you're not gonna win. Yeah, um, just looking at Ottawa in the second, like it looked like it was close. Like it looked like I was gonna be in for a good game, and then Edmonton just put the foot on the gas and just. Not uh, not the great ending. I mean, yeah, you get blanked in the second half, so you come out completely flat. And it's not like your defense did a spectacular job either because they gave up 21 points in the second as well. Just not not what you want to see uh, from anybody. Yeah, from sounds of it, they might have just got out-schemed because I don't think they scored any points in the second half. So mm-hmm. it was No, just, they didn't. Yeah, they definitely got little out scheme there because Edmonton did look dead for a while there and I guess they figured it out and yeah I don't know just weird showing from Ottawa and then because of that do you think Lapo is now on the hot seat if he wasn't already yeah see I I don't know it's tough because I mean you're not getting another head coach from around the league right now like I don't think Kahari Jones would go out there so uh, it, it's tough. Like, I, I think it's a bit hot, but he's not going to get fired this year. Like, if they're going to make any changes, it would, be in the, it would be in the off season. but I really think it's too early for them to get rid of him. Like, it's tough because they have good pieces there. They're just not clicking, and the quarterbacking is an issue no matter who's in there. So, yeah, it's tough. But yeah, no, he can definitely turn things around. Like, there's enough time for that, but, like, on the way things are going, he's going to get fired at the end of the year if it doesn't change so i'd be i would be panicking but not completely abandon ship because you can get it back on the right course and be fine uh for me i honestly am not sure with lapo just because he he is a good oc i just don't know about him as a head coach and i guess we'll see they're definitely i don't think there's anybody they can bring in um they fire him I think Bob Dice has some experience being an interim head coach, so go that route. But for me, I think you give him one more year with a healthy Mazzoli and see what you get. And I, I think maybe if you don't make playoffs, then it might be time to cut him loose. But I'm not there quite yet with him. Hari will find a job. Uh, just I don't know if it'll be with Ottawa. And then. Could Edmonton surprise and get fourth in the West? I, I mean, at the rate the Riders are playing, yeah. Like my, in my predictions, I'm only predicting the Riders to win two more games this year. So, uh, I mean, if Edmonton wins, uh, like if they win five more games, they can get there. So, uh, it's really obtainable if they like if the Riders keep playing the way they are. Honestly, oh, we're not gonna skate by that. It's it's week eleven to week twelve, and you said that the Riders were gonna win how many more games? Oh no, the like the total their their finished record will be seven and eleven this season. 
That's my like they're only going to win wow. two more games this season. Yeah, because we play we play Winnipeg three times, Calgary twice, uh, Edmonton and Hamilton, I believe. And there might be another game in there. But yeah, like I don't see us beating Winnipeg at the rate we're playing. We're not at their level and we're not going to beat Calgary at the level we're playing either. So, oh. uh, yeah, I just don't see it. Here's what I'm saying. I think I think the Riders have it in them to get at least one upset. And I think that's going to be against Winnipeg. I don't think Winnipeg sweeps the season series against Saskatchewan. Ooh. Um, I think they win the season series. I think they take two, but I think there's one where the Saskatchewan, uh, the Riders are able to stump them a little bit. Um, who yeah. knows? It might even be, uh, might even be Labor Day. Um, but yeah, could Edmonton surprise and get to fourth in the West? I think so. It would really like how much of a surprise would that be when we take a look at the standings? It's like they're two games back. That's not a shock. Mm-hmm. They're three games back of third. Oh, so, exactly. You know, it's like things are pretty condensed the further you go down to the like go down the table. The two teams that are like only the or the two teams that are basically like out of reach for the lower teams in the West are BC and Winnipeg. Because I mean, you go to Saskatchewan and you're three games back. If you go, you're five games back on on BC if you're Edmonton. So yeah, mm-hmm. like, you're not catching. I don't think uh, Winnipeg or BC, but. I think, you know, I think they could get Saskatchewan just how rough that schedule is. I know that that bottom three is going to be really interesting. I could see that being any order. Honestly, it just depends on who gets hot. I guess exactly. Like I if just, uh, if yeah, like if Bo radius. doesn't, that's fair. But if Bo kind of gets pulled and doesn't play the way he is, and they start losing, I mean, things could change really fast in that bottom three. Sure. Like yeah. I- Saskatchewan has a really bad schedule uh, the second half of the year, so this is going to be rough being a Ryder fan, and like I said, <laughs> and we were kind of talking earlier on the pod, I, I don't know how many more games Cody is going to win us versus, um, I think we could win maybe a couple more if we start fine, but we'll get to that. Um, yeah, Let's I get think, to it now. Not quite, not quite. <laughs> but, um, yeah, Edmonton, I think they definitely could catch the Riders. Like I said, I don't see them winning very more games, so it's definitely possible. And then, speaking of Saskatchewan, uh, BC down the Riders in Mosaic, 28-10. to 10. And let's get to it now, Taylor. Thoughts on Mason <laughs> Fine in the state of the Riders right now? Well, I, I like, uh, when, when, Mason Fine came in on that first drive and got a touchdown. The first thing that came to my head was, here we go, we got the quarterback controversy back in the Saskatchewan. It's been a few years, and now people got something to talk about every day. So, you know, um, I like Mason Fine didn't play bad. He didn't win the game or nothing or, like, really change the outcome. But he got a touchdown, and he didn't look the worst, uh, what, 60%, but he threw 200 yards. So, I mean, not a bad outing, and I mean – if if Cody is gonna keep crap in the bed, then there's no reason you don't put him in. Like you have nothing to lose at this point. Well, he certainly played up to his namesake. He was just fine. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like you know, yeah, it was just like it was an average outing. Um, if I if it was my first time seeing a backup step into that role, and that's what he gave me, I would be pretty happy with it. For sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, it I sucks think... that you're not winning the game, but you're playing BC. You're not playing a team that's going to be a pushover. If you were playing a weaker team, maybe you want to see a better result. But I think he took, I think he got, 
I think you got the best out of him that you were going to get given all of the situation. For sure. I had written this game off well before it even was played. So <laughs> I was pleasantly surprised by Fine. I think uh, he definitely got the offense moving a lot better than Cody. And I don't think the score quite reflects that, but we'll get into that in a second here. Um, he's a guy I've been following since college. So kind of glad to see him get this opportunity. But if you want to know more about him, his arm talent is definitely better than Cody's. I don't think that's in doubt. You can kind of see that during this game. The thing that kind of separates them is Cody's supposed to be a bit more mobile, but due to his kind of phantom injury that always seems to come up whenever he has a bad game, um, <laughs> he just isn't moving. So, and if him and Fine are both, you know, limited mobility quarterbacks, Fine has a way better arm, so I think you just rock with Mason Fine. But also, yeah, I think the offensive line was even blocking better for him, but I think that's just because uh, former Ryder O-lineman Best kind of talked about this on a post-game show. It was a couple years ago where it was like, it's easier to block for a guy like Fine who's going to stay in the pocket, whereas it's harder block for someone like Cody is going to be moving around you don't know exactly where he is behind you so mm -hmm. that could be why the O-line looked a little bit better when Fine was there that's just pure speculation on my part but I, that's one good pro saying that so I kind of trust his judgment there but yeah um, I definitely wouldn't mind seeing more Mason Fine in the future and at least seeing what we have in him because if we do we roll with him next year if we think he needs more time. You know, maybe we sign a Vernon Adams or a Trevor Harris next year, you know? But mm -hmm. that's kind of where I'm at. I want to kind of see more of Fine. Um, Cody, unfortunately, I think we know what we have with him right now. Um, either let him get healthy, sit him and let him get healthy, uh, which is probably the best option, or you're going to kind of run him into the ground here and the walk or we're gonna find someone better i think in the off season and then we're gonna talk about some questionable decisions by the riders coaching staff so thoughts on fourth quarter decisions by the riders in terms of going for it um when they could have taken the points uh there was about nine points that were missed by the riders because they decided to go for it on third rather than well yeah i mean they just they needed way more than a few field goals to get there and the rate the offense was on the field and bc's offense was on the field i think they thought we have to shoot our shot and get as much as we can when we can and it, they just came up short like yeah, you just you're not going to win with field goals all game when the other teams like lighting you up. So I think they 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 felt like they had to go big or they weren't going to get anything, and they just didn't get anything. Yeah, that's how I feel like it was going to be like because like let's be honest, right? If the game ends twenty eight nineteen, we're having the exact same conversation we have now. Like yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's not even as like the game doesn't even become really close enough for us to be like too different about it. Like you'll feel a little bit better about it, but I mean. 
Like, at least this way, it's like, if, if they get a bunch of touchdowns there, then who knows? It's just a, like, yeah, it's risky plays that didn't go your way, but I feel like those were ri- risks that you had to take in order to beat a team like BC. I feel like the first one, the red zone, made sense because we were pretty much on the goal line, but the other two, I don't know, I would have taken the There is still plenty of time in the game, and you choose kind of not cut into the lead. I don't really get that one just because the odds of us could but yeah, I don't know. I would have probably gone for it on the first one that was in the red zone, and the other two I would have taken. But yeah, I don't know. That's kind of where I'm at with that. And then kind of feel the news uh, that work was out for a long time. So, how concerned should the Lions be about work uh, likely being done for the year? Oh, I, I, I mean immensely. Like, uh, Rourke was, like, you know, he was having a record-setting, record pace year, going to win the MLP and the Canadian Player of the Year, things like that. Like, he, he was looking unstoppable. And now the fact that he's out, uh, like, there, there like Michael O'Connor might be a good quarterback, but there's going to be a, still a huge drop-off because nobody's Nathan Rourke. So I think it's going to have a big impact on them, but they still have a really good defense and uh, they still have a good team around them, like some of the best receivers in the league. So uh, I think they can still do well, but it's obviously going to change how the games are played, I think, for sure. Yeah, exactly. Like if I was, um, I'm also going to answer this from the CFL perspective where it's like, oh yeah, this is the worst thing that could have happened. Yep. Yep. Literally, literally like the worst thing. Besides, like, the league getting cancelled or someone dying. This sure. is the yeah. worst thing that could have happened. This is nuts. Um, and on, like, for BC, I am horrified for them. Like, hopefully O'Connor's able to do some damage and, like, he's got a team around him. Like, this was no, by no means a one-man show for Nathan Rourke. But he was lighting it up and he was able to turn so much of, like, things that shouldn't have happened into, like, best-case scenario. Yeah. And it's just, I don't know how much of that is going to be transferred over to O'Connor. For sure. Um, O'Connor won't be a game-breaker like Rourke was, but I think he'll be good enough to steer the ship, um, keep them afloat, at least for second in the West. I don't think they'll be going anywhere in playoffs with O'Connor, but I do think you know they'll they'll lose the Calgary in the semis. Kind of been my prediction this whole time, and I think with him being gone, it kind of further cements that. So that's kind of where I'm at with it. Is I think he'll he'll manage, but you are definitely losing something special in work, and obviously, is sucks to see. You know the. Canada go down who is lighting it up this year but at least we replace him with another Canadian quarterback so silver lining in that at least and then this game literally came down to the final minutes um Hamilton or Montreal beating Hamilton by the skin of their teeth with the last second field goal here does this game give you more confidence in Trevor Harris Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, he almost had 400 yards. He had three touchdowns. He had a pick in the first quarter, but, like, he got over it right away. And 
like that offense was moving all game. Like Eugene Lewis had some nice plays. He had three different receivers with touchdowns. Uh, like they didn't run much and like he made up for that big time. Like, yeah, almost 400 yards. So no, absolutely. Um, and just kind of like the confidence for me, I would just be okay. Trevor Harris is our guy this year. He's doing it. He's starting to pile up these wins. He beat Winnipeg. He's beat Hamilton now. Like let, let's get him rolling. And then uh, maybe just get rid of Vernon for the distraction and send him to Saskatchewan. <coughs> but yeah. <laughs> I mean, I will just say, this game was a blast to watch. Oh, yeah. Um, just the fact that it was so back and forth towards the end of the game. Um, but I would say that this game, well, this game combined with last game, it just shows that, like, Trevor Harris can take a situation, flip it on its head, and get it done. Is it going to be pretty? Not all the time. But he'll get it done. Sure. I'm kind of with you on that. I, I don't know. The more... Trevor Harris is playing there, the more comfortable he looks, and and I would really love to see him on the Riders next year, I'm not even going to lie, but <laughs> yeah, um, definitely gives me more confidence in Harris that they can win these close games, and even though, I mean, it's Hamilton, they kind of have a reputation now about this, but yeah, the fact he was able to lead his team with a minute left to in the game, I think that definitely gives more confidence in him. Overall, he had a very good game. Showed his poise after that first interception and not completely folding. So that's always good to see. So yeah, for me it's I don't know, I'm very very happy with Trevor Harris's performance and happy happy for him and look forward to seeing more of it. So discipline continues to be a problem for Montreal. Um, how do they fix this if it even can be fixed at this point? Well, and see, that that's the tough part, because, I mean, they had 13 penalties for 176 yards that game. And uh, that, yeah, like, it's just you had six on special teams and you had four on defense. So there's there's definitely some errors that need cleaned up there. And, yeah, I don't know. It's been all season like that with them. And clearly Machocha doesn't have a grasp, like, on uh, the discipline or nothing. So... I don't know. It's I don't know if it's an issue they're going to fix, but it will bite them in the butt in some games for sure, like it has in the past, and it'll it'll impede them from winning sometimes for sure. Yeah, no, it does make me a little irritated that Montreal beat Winnipeg after cutting uh, after cutting Kahari, but um, yeah, no, the issues of like the reasoning of why he got cut are still there, and it makes me really upset and. I don't know how they can fix it, really. Like, I don't know. Fire Machocha, but, like, no, I didn't say that. <laughs> I, I feel that. Um, I think some people are saying it was a power move by Machocha to kind of get both jobs. Um, oh, yeah. He's saying otherwise. Uh, at this point, I think the one camp is winning out over the other right now. Because the sole reason he gave for hiring Curry gotten significantly worse when he took charge. So, for me, I don't know, man. I really liked Kahari as a head coach. It sucked to see him get fired. At, at, like I said, I think he finds another job, but yeah, I don't think you can fix this under Machocha, man, because if he fired Kahari thinking he must have thought he had a silver bullet to fix this, and obviously it didn't work, so... Mm-hmm. 
then where can Hamilton find some clutch? Because they kick, they ha all had their own little uh, last-second drive and scored a field goal with only a minute left and somehow managed to lose this game. So, uh, yeah. with, with them having so many other games like this, like, yeah, where do you find some clutch for Hamilton? I don't know. It it honestly seems like the football gods are upset with Hamilton or something because they just like they they have not been able to catch a break this season. They like they only got three wins. They're they're in third place in the East, but they only got three wins so far, and they've been in a lot of close games. And even like right now, like with this game, they had their backup quarterback in playing the whole game, and like he kept them in it. And it's like you don't like it doesn't seem like quarterbacks quarterbacking is an issue because he threw for three hundred yards. Your receivers are playing well. But, uh, yeah, like, uh, I don't know. I don't know where they're going to find it. But uh, I'm honestly going to say just the football gods are mad at them for some reason, and they're not yeah. letting them win because the it doesn't defense, make any sense. The defense is sipping on the anti-clutch, and uh, the football <laughs> gods are saying, hey, you should have won one of those great cups. This is your punishment. <laughs> exactly. I guess like, so, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know what to say, really. It's just, uh, it's, it, it is really unfortunate, especially for a city that cares so much like Hamilton. Yeah, like they're probably them and Ottawa are kind of fighting it for the two best fan bases in the East. Although Montreal is kind of Montreal's as, as coming someone, up to rear. So I haven't I haven't been to the other places, but as someone who's been to Hamilton, they care a ton. Oh yeah, yeah. like yeah, they got the biggest fan base out East for sure. I think so. Yeah, I'd say they have the biggest. They definitely like them and Ottawa. I think Ottawa has a lot of hardcore fans. Montreal, they're a weird fan base in terms of like, they. I think the owner has kind of turned them around and made their them care about their team again. But usually they're one that they're losing, they don't show up. But if they're winning, let's get in. So twenty one thousand people at the game on Saturday. Yeah, so like that's impressive. Bad. Like yeah, if you're not following their owner, uh, Gary Stern on, Twitter, well, you need to doing? be. You need to be following <laughs> yeah. him. Yeah. Like, he is awesome in terms of, like... Guaranteed wins every week and stuff. <laughs> yeah. I know, but, like, he's super active on Twitter, encouraging people to come out and, like, interacting with... Like, super Ooh, good. good. CFL needs more guys like Gary Stern, in my opinion. But, yeah, it's definitely, I think, had a positive impact on that team. But in terms of, like, yeah, Hamilton finding clutch, I, I don't know. Like, they... Usually, when you see stuff like this, it's indicative of a very young team in themselves. But I don't think that's the case here. Um, Gills did ball out. You're right about that. I just, yeah, I think they're a bit snake bitten this year in terms of their luck, because and this has happened so many times with Hamilton specifically. Just yeah, at this point, you have to chalk it up to bad luck. And then get to the next game here. Calgary beating Toronto by a field goal, 22 to 19 here. Uh, let's get to kind of the elephant in the room after this game. Is there a QB controversy in Calgary or Bo just have an off night? No, there's a controversy. He has not been at the level he's been uh, at in the past few years. And uh, even today, like when we record on Tuesday, Jake Mayer was taking first team reps all day today. Bo was holding the clips on the scouting team. 
And when they asked Dickinson about who's starting, he said, no update on that. It's my call. I just go with it. You want to be fair. History and production matter. And uh, he wouldn't comment on it is. But, yeah, Jake's running with the first team. So it's it's seeming like he's expected to start. So I would say the controversy has reignited in Calgary. Yeah, absolutely. Because you look at what happened last season, right? So you already know that Bolivar Mitchell is on, like, a shorter leash than normal. Um, because you'd basically he would have, like, free reign basically every year except for this year. And so, yeah, looking at what he was able to do, and then you have uh, you have Jake Mayer come in, and he's actually able to get your team the win. I think there's a full-on controversy. I think it's a debate that has to happen. When I wrote this question, I was initially going to say, you know, Bo is allowed to have an off game once in a while, but at the same time, he's I think he's making the most money in the league now that Mike Riley has re- I heard I think he's making around seven hundred. So, yeah, no. Uh, if you're being paid that much, off nights should be a thing. Um, just with how he's played, I thought he played he played better than this year and last year because obviously, I think his shoulder was still bugging him the last couple of years, and it looks like that shoulder's healed. The liveliness in his arm is definitely but he was just straight up missing guys. He had balls sailing over uh, players and things like that. I just, I don't think he had it this game. Ayer clearly did and has been kind of nipping at his heels for a little bit here and there has definitely been some Jake Mayer hype uh, over the years. So for me, I would definitely say there is a controversy, especially with him, the practice report saying he started or he's running with the ones at practice. I think that's huge, and that's very telling. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we'll have to see what's going on in Calgary and what happens there in the offseason. Uh, I just want to say before we move on to the next one, Bo's contract is four twenty-five in hard money, 100000 signing bonus, and 60000 in playtime. Okay, so not quite seven hundred. Get in there. <laughs> Get in there. And then... With MBT having another mediocre performance, do you think the Argos should start looking more at Chad Kelly? You know, uh, the fans, like, okay, so I'm in a Toronto Argonauts fan group on Facebook, and yes, it actually exists. They have fan groups. <laughs> Thank you for clarifying. Um, yeah, I was like, anger for I didn't the Argos. <laughs> yeah, like, it's pretty cool. There's lots of stuff on there, but... Uh, the majority of everything I've been seeing from Argos fans lately, like actual Argos fans, is that they want Chad Kelly in. They're losing their, they've lost their faith in McLeod Bethel Thompson, and he's not getting them the wins when they need him. And like th- this game was obtainable, they could have won this game, but he didn't do anything to get them there. He didn't throw uh, one touchdown that game. So yeah, I just, I think they're losing faith in him, and I think honestly, like just kind of with the hype built around Chad Kelly, that they are going to start looking his way if if McLeod can't hold on to first place. Like, if they lose first, I think then, yeah, then they're going to start looking around instantly. That's fair, but I think it's also interesting because there's probably more intangibles to this than the straight-up stats. But when you look at his 2022 numbers compared to his 2021 numbers, he's basically, he's surpassed it. And he's five games behind where he finished because he played every game last season, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And he is already passed in terms of passing. He's only two touchdowns behind. He's thrown more touchdowns than picks. 
So is he just like not playing? Like, is he not reading situations right? I don't know. This could That's, be like, like looking at it from a pure statistical standpoint. I don't know how Toronto doesn't have more wins just based off quarterback play. Yeah. Sure. I'm I'm getting Kirk Cousins vibes here. This is very much the debate about Kirk Cousins. In the NFL is his stats are really nice, but he just he can't, can't beat, get the win. Yeah, he can't beat uh like good teams. And I don't know if that's the, quite the case with MBT because they have beaten Western team. They sent back with the Riders. Um and they were hanging around in this game too, so I I think they're gonna roll with MBT. He hasn't shown me quite anything that would make me say him. He hasn't had any terrible games except for I think one year. So I think he's fine. I would like to see Chad Kelly just to see a bit more of what he can do, but I don't think it's likely any times. And then with BC losing Rourke, you see Calgary taking advantage and blocking up second in the West. Uh, yeah. Oh, I definitely think it's obtainable to them. I mean, it's going to depend on what's going to happen with uh, Jake Mayer's play here coming up because we don't fully know what's going on, but. I mean, if you look at their schedule, uh, they could easily beat Edmonton twice. They could beat Saskatchewan, Hamilton, and Toronto again. They all have some trouble with Winnipeg and maybe BC. But, uh, I mean, yeah, like they could really lock up second pretty easy if they start gathering some wins in the next few weeks here. No, I mean, with um, with Calgary taking second or locking up second, it's interesting because I want to see a game like a full game with O'Connor, right? Um, but with that said, I think Calgary could, and I was talking about it before, but I think Saskatchewan could possibly, if they go on a big run, I think, like, I don't know, maybe I'm still giving Saskatchewan a, a lot of credit because maybe, like, and I'm trying, because I'm really trying to not be a homer when I do these. So yeah. maybe I'm leaning too far into that. But, like, I don't know. I, I, I still see danger when I see Saskatchewan, right? Fair enough. I think with Saskatchewan, I'm scared of their defense, but their offense doesn't do anything. So, yep. that's kind of where I'm at with the Riders right now. Oh yeah, so Calgary gets second in the West. I think it depends on O'Connor. Like I said, I think they narrowly hold them off, but they'll lose in the playoffs to them. So I think I'm going to hold that position for now. Uh, pending, obviously, what happens with Jake Mayer. I think they're probably I race, but I still think they're third in the West. Then, do we want to jump into power rankings? Yeah, absolutely. Alright, let's do it. So, for me, I have Winnipeg at one. Um, originally, I had DC here, but that was prior to the news about Rourke's injury. So, yeah, Winnipeg number one. Then Calgary is number two. DC three, they fall because of losing Rourke, but they're not falling too far. And Toronto number four, because they're hanging around with the Western teams when they play them. Montreal in fifth. Hamilton sixth. Saskatchewan seventh. Edmonton eighth. And Ottawa is in the basement. Where they belong, apparently, again. 
Um, I got, yeah, well, I got Winnipeg number one for me, BC two, Calgary three, uh, Montreal four, Hamilton five, Saskatchewan six. They're just not doing good. Toronto seven, Edmonton will move up to eighth, and Ottawa goes back, yeah, back to the basement at ninth. For myself, I got Winnipeg in first, BC second, Calgary third, Montreal fourth, Toronto in the middle, Saskatchewan just under that at sixth, Hamilton seventh, Edmonton eighth, and Ottawa, yep, down in ninth. Fair enough. And then let's jump into CFL Fantasy here. See your best positional options. Quarterback this week, uh, upside picks. Uh, the only ones I'm recommending is I'm recommending Hamilton quarterback. Just because a lot of them there's question marks with, like, Calgary, Jake Mayer. If Jake Mayer goes in, I might do that. Um, Polaros is kind of more of the game manager type. He's safe. And you know what you get in with him. Dane or Schultz. Uh, I think there's a bit more rushing upside with Schultz, but I think either of those guys could easily get you 15 points and they're cheap. MBT, uh, we, we kind of don't know with him. Um, Saskatchewan, staying away from that unless Fine is like the clear starter. Uh, O'Connor, going up against the Saskatchewan D kind of in your first start in a while. Uh, I think that's going to be a challenge. So I'm fading O'Connor. With the Red Blacks, Nick Arbuckle doesn't really do anything that impresses me, so I'm kind of staying away from that. And kind of for the same reason, I'm also fading Cornelius. So, yeah, the quarterbacks I'm recommending is Evans or Schultz, whoever is starting for Hamilton. Then is there cool. anyone else you guys would like to recommend make? Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm going against you, and I'm saying take Court Taylor Cornelius this week. He's only eight grand, and for the past two weeks, he's put up tw over twenty points. So uh, he's going up against Ottawa at home. I really think this is the week that they do it, and uh, they get that win at home. So yeah, I think it's a good pick. Really interesting because I think this is the first time this season that we've all sort of had disagreements about a position. Uh, I am going with O'Connor because I feel like the team that is around him in the receiving core is going to be enough that they're going to be able to will him to enough points where the $7,500 price tag is going to be a ton of bang for your buck. That's fair. I do like his price. It's just I don't like that his first start is against the Saskatchewan defense. Maybe next week, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait and see on him. Then for running back, uh, I've got Kadeem Carrier-Mills. Um, Mills has been starting for the past bit here, but Carey seems to, I believe he's practicing again. There was kind of a little bit of buzz about him last week. So he might be starting if he is on the recommended. Not ignore that and go with Mills. Um, as per usual, I am going to put the warning of pay attention to your depth charts before the games. So <laughs> that's one you're going to have to look out for. You should have that Wednesday, so that's not a huge deal. And then Don Jackson. I've got on a recommended. He'll get you 10 points. Oliveira looked really good going into the bye week. So I'm really curious to see if he can continue that. Uh, AJ Ouellette is kind of filling in for Andrew Harris quite nicely, playing a very similar role there. Then Moro out long term. Uh, Frankie Hickson on the Riders has kind of been sneaky good in terms of like his actual play. So he might be a guy that I'm in on this week. 
Any other running backs you're looking at? No, I got uh, AJ Olette and Frankie Hickson in my lineup. Yeah, they've been both playing well. And, uh, you know, for Frankie Hickson being four grand, I think that's good. So you can invest it in other places this week. Uh, for myself, uh, I am rolling with the running back duo of Oliveira and Willette. Ouellette? How do you, how do you pronounce that? Uh, AJ yeah, Ouellette. Ouellette. Yeah, Ouellette. 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 Okay, cool. Um, yeah, so that's my duo. Nice. And then wide receiver. Um, I think this is the time you go expensive because it, there's a lot of good cheap running backs. So I think that fantasy doctrine has shifted a little bit where you might have gone cheaper receiver and more expensive RB with the RB injuries this year. I think you're going cheap at RB and expensive receiver this year. So that being said, I have Lawler, Tim White, Acklin, and Schoen. A list of receivers, and there is a value play. We will get to it later. Um, any other receivers you're looking at this week? Uh, well, I got Dalton Schoen, Stephen Dunbar, and Darvin Adams in my lineup right now. I think Schoen's obviously great. He's consistent. Uh, Dunbar has been consistent for Hamilton week in and week out, and uh, Darvin Adams could do something this week. Like maybe he's the only target they got there, so then he's been not playing bad lately. So, yeah, that's who I got this week. Um, so yeah, for myself, currently, I am rolling just a quick, uh, duo. I am running Dalton Schoen and Dominic Rhymes. Rolling a lot of Winnipeg and BC this week. Yeah, that's interesting. The, the Rhymes pick, I don't know about that. I'm fading all of those expensive BC receivers until the we only, know the who only reason likes. I The only reason I went with him was because the way that I'd built the rest of my team, it allowed me to go for a big money option. Yeah. And still feel like, okay with it. I think well, and he's been really consistent too. And I uh, just to point this out, Dominic Ryan's is ten thousand two hundred. Lucky Whitehead's ten thousand seventy two, and Brian Burnham's nine thousand three hundred forty four. Like they have re- three receivers basically at ten grand. Like that's crazy. Power and Nathan Rourke, man. Yep. Yeah. And then, yeah, for me in terms of my receivers, I have Kenny Lawler because he's quarterback proof, and I think only. So you're in the CFL that's been quarterback proof. Uh, Shown, I've got as well. And then I've got a value play. So that's kind of where I'm at. I'm debating between Shown and Acklin right now. And I'm kind of tossing up which one of those do I go with. I just, I don't trust Nick Arbuckle that much. So yeah. I'm not 100% sure. But this week you can definitely do a very good lineup without breaking the bank in terms of salary. Like one of my lineups I had. I had two thousand dollars left over, so yeah, you can definitely have a good lineup this week without spending too much. Um, defense this week, I don't see any matchups that are overly exploitable. The only one that might fall into that category is Saskatchewan uh, with O'Connor's first start. They have a pretty solid defense. I think they could definitely get some pressure on him and maybe make him uh, throw a few picks or two, but. It's kind of the only defense I'd really be interested in this week. How about you guys? Yeah, complete opposite. I'd say take BC's defense this week. They're at home. They're going to be hungry. They're pissed off that the quarterback's down, and they get to play the team that took them down. Not dirtily or nothing this time. Yeah, this but, time uh, it wasn't dirty. I will preface yeah, there. So, um, but yeah, I just I think that they could really light it up, and like the O-line hasn't play, been playing good. They've been getting a couple picks every time they play us, so... 
I really think they're gonna shut shut that uh, shut that stadium down with a huge win on on uh, what does that Friday? Yeah. So I need to preface this with Taylor advised that I went this way. I am not being a homer, but I am picking the bomber defense against <laughs> Calgary at Absolutely. home. defense. They can do some damage. I wanted to pick a defense that was at that minimum 3,200, and that was what was recommended, so that's what I'm going with. Interesting. So let's look at our value plays. Value play I think everybody should be taking if you're having money trouble is Sean Bain. Um, since he's been starting uh, with Henry out, he has been insane, and he's clearly the home run hitter. And because he was probably with the twos for a lot of that time, I think whether it's Bo or uh, Mayer, I think he's going to get his targets because Bo clearly really trusts him. And he's probably got a lot of reps with Mayer under his belt too, so I think he might be a little bit quarterback-proof for now at least. Um, and then my other value pick, uh, it was Slim Pickens. It's Tevin Jones of the Riders. He's playing that boundary wide receiver spot. So he's a guy that will probably get some targets. Even if Shaq and Kyron are back, he'll probably slide into Prowl's old spot and still be semi-productive. So is there any other value picks you're looking at? No, I really don't think so this week, honestly. Um, Let me see if I'm... Uh, yeah, no, not a ton. Not that I'm seeing. Yeah, it was pretty hard. There was McKinnis who was tempting, but I feel like that's a one-off or a fine is starting. That might be a way to go, but... Like, Greg McRae has got a little bit of stuff with the Bombers, but definitely not enough to yeah. like, go with them. For Somebody sure. would have to get injured for, for that to be at a, any point viable. Agreed. So let's jump into our locks. I have AJ Ouellette, uh, just because he's filled in for Harris... Quite well, honestly, and uh, 6 of 18 on the ground. I mean, that's not where he likes to do his damage. His damage is done in the receiving game, so I'm kind of... I'm on him this week. I think he'll have a good week against Hamilton. Yeah, no, I think that's a good pick. Um, I'm going with Taylor Cornelius as my lock this week. Uh, I just, I really think that uh, he could have a really good game against Ottawa's defense, and uh, he could he could put up the consistent twenty points that he's been putting up for the past two weeks. So, yeah, I think he's a safe bet. Uh, for myself, I am rolling with the Shown Show. Right? Yeah. Nice. Is that a good nickname? All right, we can uh, take it. I like it. <laughs> but uh, no, he has been insane. He has gone from a name that nobody knew in the CFL to now he is one of the guys where you walk into the bomber store and they have his jersey preset ready to go. Nice. Yeah, I think he's probably the rookie of the year favorite this year for sure. Like he's really run away with that award. So I don't Yeah, he's like he's second in it. receiving in the entire league. That's sick. And then we'll do predictions in one thing. So I'm twenty four and uh, or not 24, sorry, 29 and 14. I was about to say, if you 24, man. Prediction. Damn, yeah. <laughs> 24 but, would have had to have some boneheaded decisions. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and then, but I have got Winnipeg beating Calgary, and one thing I'm looking forward to see is, obviously, the Calgary quarterback situation. There. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, 
I have, uh, well, I'm 27 and 16, so I'm, I'm getting there. Uh, and I got Winnipeg this, or Winnipeg winning this week. And something I'm looking forward to seeing is, is kind of to go with Mike. It's Jake Mayer. And I'm just really curious with the bye week and obviously coaching adjustments and stuff. If Winnipeg's DBs will be able to hold back the Calgary receivers like Sean Bain, because it's been a good matchup. So yeah, I'm curious to see how that goes this week. Um, so for myself picking Winnipeg, I am excited to see how Mark Leggio is going to bounce back. Is he going to have a good game? Is he going to have that sort of like 100% game after, uh, a, you know, a couple of bad kicks that certainly didn't help? Um, or is he going to sort of, is the crumbling going to continue? Sure. And then let's jump to the next game here. I have Hamilton. Beating Toronto here, uh, might live to regret that one, but uh, I I actually do like Hamilton. They're a hard team to predict for this year and count for just because they do lose a lot of very close games. So if you look at their record versus how they performed, it's really different. Um, one thing I would say is I want to see if Dane Evans is back, how he performs, because Jolts has done very well in relief and if Dane Evans comes in and just isn't like well you might have another keep yeah exactly um yeah I'm going uh Toronto this week uh in the season series so far it's 1-1 Toronto one at home Hamilton one at home so I'm going with the past here and uh yeah I think Toronto pulls it off at home they didn't play get bad against Calgary last week and uh something I'm looking forward to seeing this week is uh, I want to see if Curly Gittin Jr. is going to do anything. He's been a little quiet as of late, so uh, I'm really excited to see if he's the guy that's going to kind of light it up this week for Toronto. So yeah, for myself, um, I have picked Hamilton, and my thing that I am excited to watch for is also to see what's going to be going on with uh, if they're going to be giving... um, well, like, who's going to be the quarterback on both sides, actually? Not just one side. I was trying to figure out where I was going to go with that statement, but I think I'll just go both because um, I think it's uh, it's not 100% sure on either side of who's going to be getting the start. Fair enough. So let's jump into our next game. I have EC beating Saskatchewan. If Mason Fine was starting, uh, I think it's a coin flip, and I might have Saskatchewan just, just because we know that Cody is starting. I, I'm taking I just think we know what we have with Cody and Derek. Yeah, I mean, either. One thing I am looking forward to seeing is, you know, that quarterback situation, Sask, whether, you know, Cody can get a fire lit under him and play well, or whether it's going to be kind of more of the same and maybe fine, gets some relief time again and plays well and fans continue to clamor for him or yeah like that's kind of where i'm at no fair uh yeah i think the safe bet is obviously uh, i agree with bc this week um and my something i'm looking forward to in this game it's a pretty obvious one but i'm just really excited to see if bc can keep up keep up the same intensity that they did with rourke as they like are going to try to do with o'connor because Nothing against O'Connor, but like Rourke has been playing lights out. So yeah, it's really, I'm just curious to see if they keep up that same level of play or if it dips off. And yeah, if Calgary can kind of sneak up there on them and uh, steal second. 
Yeah, no, for uh, for myself, um, I mean, again, picking BC, and I feel like the obvious story is just, yeah, how is BC going to be able to respond to that injury? And, like, what's O'Connor going to be able to do with the team? Sure. And then I switched my pick here just because I thought Caleb Evans starting this Nick Arbuckle, so I flipped on this one. Um, I have Edmonton beating Ottawa, and one thing this game I'm looking forward to is are we going to get the Nick Arbuckle revenge game, or is he going to kind of look, you know, make Chris Jones look correct for dealing him away? Yeah. Well, it's going to be a good game to find out, that's for sure, and it's back in his old old in his old in stadium, so it'll be good. Um, I am taking Edmonton to win this game, too. Uh, I do think this is the game where they flip it around, and that's actually what I'm excited to see this week is that hopefully Edmonton gets that first one at home in way too long. Yeah, I, I, I think this is the week to do it. The home curse, yeah. Uh, I'm excited to see if um, if Ottawa is going to be able to just become prepared from a scheming standpoint against Edmonton. That being said, I am picking Edmonton to win. Fair enough. And let's jump to our off-the-pod activities here. So for me, uh, made the secret family fudge last week of the summer job. Kind of wanted to give everybody a nice surprise. And I know we talked about it at work. They wanted me to bring some in, so there we are. I went and made some, and yeah, no complaints. So far, so good. Nice. I think you owe us some fudge too, then. I mean, hey, if you're willing to come <laughs> over, uh, come over I'll... here, you can definitely get some. I was in Regina today, so next time I'm there, I'll let you know. <laughs> um, my off the pot activities: uh, Saints Row Two. Uh, recently, I found out that I have it back on my Xbox, and it's for like the 360. So uh, I've just been going back and playing that because I mean, I spent years playing that. It was lots of fun, and also uh, the season finale of a show called The Rehearsal ended last week. It's a show starring Nathan Fielder. He's also from a show called Nathan for You. Um, there's no way to describe the show, but he is a comic genius, and you will be shocked and awed, and you will laugh your ass off at the show. And it is worth a watch if you got Crave or HBO or wherever you can stream it. Yeah. So for myself, I have been uh, attempting to play Saints Row. Came out on the day that we're recording, and yeah. Very glitchy right now. I'm hoping the devs fix it, but I have been very, very dissatisfied with it so far. But there's glimmers, and if it can get fixed up soon, before all the hype dies, then you can salvage a pretty good game out of it. But we just got to get to that point. Fair enough. And I believe that wraps up the show. Uh, once again, thank you all for listening. You can follow the show at True North CF pod on twitter and instagram and true north canadian football podcast on youtube or not youtube sorry facebook um you can listen to the show on youtube soundcloud spotify and apple Podcasts. Uh, i have been your host mike schwan this is the true north canadian football podcast signing off